The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Nathaniel James and James Little. Guys, welcome to Season 6. Hello, everyone. We're back. <laughs> Hi, we everyone. are back for our first show of the year. How exciting. And, of course, it's going to be everything you ever wanted to know about the Niners draft and their picks and what happened post-draft. So, shall we get this started? James, tell me about Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw was not my pick going into the draft. Um, and it looks like it's a straight placement for DeForest Buckner um, in terms of positional. And they're going with what took us to the Super Bowl, which was that strong defensive line. So, I mean, it worked last year, didn't it, personally? <laughs> so if this guy can slot in and give us half of the production with Defoe did first year, I'd be quite happy with the other guys around him. We... We know what we've got in Bosa and, you know, D Ford, Armstead. So even though he's a first-round pick, 14 overall, I don't think there's a massive amount of pressure on this guy. Um, I know there always is on first-round picks, but I think he could be he could slot in. And he's not going to have the weight of the defensive line on his shoulders like he possibly would have if he'd have been drafted by other teams. And I'm sure he's ecstatic to be joining our team. He only needs to watch what we did last year, and he must be absolutely salivating. Um, it's from South Carolina, so he knows Debo. Debo knows him. Uh, that's good, in my eyes. Another teammates that know each other. Debo will be able to show him around, I'm sure. Looking, I've done a little bit of research today while I was supposed to be working from home. Hopefully my boss doesn't listen to me. Don't I don't think he does. Oh, get yourself in <laughs> The guys, <laughs> Javon Kinlaw's strength, quite simply put, is the size of the man he is an absolute beast uh he's six five and 324 pounds so would like to try and run past him myself so i think people are gonna have a tough time running past him he's uh he's explosive first step as you would imagine going in the first round he's got to have that sort of thing built to intimidate with exceptional physical traits i love that statement so basically he's just in my eyes, he's a replacement for Buckner. It did surprise me that we didn't take um, C.D. Lamb or Gerard Judy, the two wide receivers that were on the board at the time. I thought it, my pick would have been C.D. Lamb uh, for my limited college football knowledge. I'm getting a little bit more into it every year, but there's so much football I haven't got time for it all, um, along with our football that I love also. So, yeah, um, I'm happy because from what I understand... He's a talent, um, and he, you know, he, he if he keeps it together, there is. I listened to something today. There's a little bit of a question whether he's going to struggle with maintaining his weight. He apparently has come in heavier than that. So whether he may have weight issues or not, we don't know. We'll see. But I mean, he's joining a professional football franchise, so I'm sure he's, you know, they'll be keeping the guy fit and ready. So, uh, yeah. In summary, it surprised me. I don't know what Nathaniel thought. Yeah, a bit, a bit surprised like you, James, to be honest. Um, obviously, you know, it is it is a replacement for um, DeForest Buckner. 
um, which you know I'm I'm sure we're all going to uh, miss, um, especially um, uh, Eric Armstead as well. I think they called themselves the Twin Towers or, or the Two Towers, didn't they? In the in the in the defensive line, so you know Debuck and um, uh, Armstead especially. So hopefully you know we, we, Kinlaw, six foot five, he's got some real real good um, potential. Um, I, I, you know, as I say, I think I, I'm. In, in agreement with you, you James, I was quite surprised that you know we we traded Debuck to, to the Colts, for, but that then in a sense we needed to get some first round picks and everything. And you look at all the the the, the, the intricacies around salary salary cap and everything else. It, it does make you know a, a lot of sense to take somebody that's you know going to develop. And you know um, the NFL is you know it's got that <laughs> you know kind of um, that that saying that not for long. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing what what he can can bring bring to the team. I, I think there's a lot of you know there is a lot of potential with with this guy. Um, he looked um, quite quite quick, um, and I, you know in terms of the, in, in looking at his tapes and everything um, on, on YouTube, watching his college career, it did take a lot of people to to, to you know stop him. Um, it's going to take quite a lot of people to to stop him, you know, if he is able to breach and, and get past, you know, the the offensive tackles and everything. So I, I'm I'm really looking, you know, looking forward. I mean, he's going to require two blockers to stall the pocket in order to collapse. So really, really, I think you know he, he, he's got he's come to a good team. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, need to remember we we had and let, let's let's be honest, you know, we're not we're not I'm not going to mess around. We we had one of the best. De- defensive <laughs> teams in in the NFL, and, and I'm I'm not just saying that, but oh yeah, you, you know you got to look at it. We went to the Super Bowl. We, I we think did. We're we did. Pretty go. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, like like Nathaniel's just said, <laughs> looking at his college tape now, the college game compared to the professional game, as we know, is massively different. But on college tapes, he's doubled up. So if they do that to him in the NFL, which I'm not sure initially they will, because obviously they they're not going to really know. How good he is, but if he's good enough to be double teamed, then that just opens up space for any of the other guys. You can't double team Bosa, you can't double team Kinlaw, you can't double team Armstrong, you can't double team them all. No. So well, you can, I but think, you wouldn't have anybody I mean, to catch the ball. <laughs> what a tactic! Great tactic. <laughs> um, yeah. See, I'd make a yeah. great coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, let's. Uh, Kinlaw yeah. did receive the first team Associated Press All American and first team All SEC honors as a senior following his very dominant 2019 season. Uh, as a defensive lineman, he had 35 tacks and s- tackles and six sacks in 12 starts. I'm pretty excited about this guy. Even though I am mourning the loss of Debuck. I, I'm excited to see this guy get on the field. Now, here's fun. I want to kind of try and do this little graphing thing uh, verbally um, as we go through our draft, how we did not pick any of our original picks. We didn't own a single pick that were originally ours in this draft. Um, so to to get Kinlaw, the Niners traded defensive lineman DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts for the 13th pick overall. And then the day of traded number 13 and number 245 to the Bucks for picks 14 and 117. This is the kind of activity I was looking for the first year, first couple years of um, Lynch and Shanahan's drafts. And they have continued to have fun with their drafts moving around and, and, and getting the people they really want. I saw 
a clip on you know when they do the draft grades and stuff and um who was it oh i used to play for the falcons played for us sanders sorry Dion sanders was saying these guys know what they're doing and i think they have proved that i mean already last year i know we said it's on time again to new season but nobody expected us to get to the super bowl especially us and they did so whatever they do i'm going to trust in it yeah i was disappointed we didn't get one of these blue chip receivers but they must see something in kinlaw and look at the defensive line that they've built and if they think this guy can add to it and they're willing to take him at 14 when they could have took either of those blue chip receivers then you know, we've got to trust them. Let's just trust the process. We've been saying it for years now. And although it was brick by brick initially, and then it it's was... It's still brick by brick. Nearly, you know, we, <laughs> it's still brick by brick. We nearly built the full house in one season, though, didn't we? So, <laughs> Almost. Yeah. But we did pick up some wide receivers. Let's move on to our second pick, which we picked at number 25, Brandon Ayuk. I'll let Nathaniel start with this one, because this one caught me off guard. Again, the whole draft caught me off guard. It wasn't how I would have picked it, but what do I know? I think he's he's quick. Um, I think he's got a lot a lot of separation around what he can do and how how he can get away from the the, the you know the the defenders and everything. I think he yeah he, he seems like he's good. It's hard to know how how he'll work how how he'll work in um, Shanahan's scheme. I think we we've, we've seen a lot. From my perspective, I was hoping that we'd have more of a a guy that would would take you know would be a, a clutch guy you know a, a big we need a big <laughs> a big receiver didn't we? we we need somebody to be in that position and well, actually he's, grab he's grab six the ball. foot he's six yeah, foot and, yeah but I, I know you're saying I, I guess in a sense you know we've got to see I mean obviously one of the one of the one things that I was thinking of last year we took you know we took Sit Samuel thought yeah okay that that there's real potential there Ayuk he you know he's gonna um he's He's kind of replacing Marquis Goodwin, really, in in a sense, isn't he? Because yeah. Ayuk's a, a a younger guy with, with you know just as much, probably you know more, more in the uh, in the pot at his age and everything. So we'll just have to see what happens. But I think, in a sense, I was looking for from from my I was surprised because I thought that we would look to try and uh, get somebody like um, to replace Sanders. The one thing you guys need to remember is coaches and general managers are always going to go for what is going to fit their offense or their defense, depending yeah. on their game exactly. plan. And those flashy receivers like CD and, and Junie, those guys yeah. may not necessarily fit the plan that Shanahan and Lynch have come up with, whereas Brandon Ayuk could very well yeah. slip in easily. Um, he's he's noted as being a first down maker. He's considered the yak king in football, in college football. Yeah. Um, he was, let's I got some other stats hiding around here somewhere. He garnered third team Associated Press All-American and first team All-Pac-12 honors uh, last year. He led the Sun Devils with 65 receptions for 1,192 yards, eight touched, eight scores. Um he was also one of the top two duty returners in the country, taking 14 punts for 226 yards and 14 kick mm-hmm. returns for 446 yards. So really, he is exactly what we need looking at those yeah. numbers. One thing I, I, that I real, really want to mention is both these guys, like Brandon Ayuk and both, you know, and um, Kinlaw, they both want to play for the Niners. They both made it really, you know, they were like, yeah, I, 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 I love the Niners. You well, know, I really want to play not- I think anyone does. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) I think everyone wants to play. Well, well, 
Okay, okay, but Brandon Ayuk gets a little extra star by his name for me because he grew up a 49er fan. And I get really yeah, excited when we draft guys who grew up a fan of our team. Yeah, yeah. and the famous one that we didn't draft who is a fan of our team. Was Ramon a fan of our team. Time. We play them. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but just quickly on Ayuk, for me, looking at, what I've learned about him, he's exactly a Kyle Shanahan receiver. The yards after catch, he requires that of any receiver of the ball in his team, whether it's a tight end or, or a wide receiver. If you can't catch the ball and run with it, you're not getting in Shanahan's team. And I think that's where Goodwin fell down. And unfortunately, that's why I think ultimately why Goodwin's now gone. To get Brandon Ayuk, the Niners traded picks number 31, 117, and 176 to the Minnesota Vikings for pick 95, so 25. So obviously, Shanahan sees something in him and definitely wants him. And I felt like when they went off the air that night, it definitely felt to me like Lynch and Shanahan were totally thrilled with the two picks that they made the first round. Yeah. Now, we didn't have any picks in the second, third, or fourth round, so we had a day off, um, which I used totally unproductively. But then on the last day of the draft, (laughs) uh, with our first pick in the fifth round, number 153 overall, uh, Colton McKivitz, offensive lineman from West Virginia. And just before this pick is when Staley had announced his retirement. The Trent, I don't know if we were going to mention, I know we're solely focusing on the draft at the minute, but the Trent Williams trade as well. I think Staley will probably cover it further, but yeah, it's O-line help. And also we've lost, uh, if I'm right in saying, we lost Pearson recently. Was it Pearson they got rid of? I should have brought... Yeah, so which again shocked me because I thought he played out of his skin whenever he played. He played above and beyond any expectation that I had from previous seasons of him. So I was a bit disappointed about that. But hey ho, it's a business. Um, it's O line help. Apparently, again, bit of a strange one for me. But like you say, they seemed absolutely thrilled with what they've done. So he he's a little bit undersized at blocking. Apparently, as a blocker. Um, Bit of a strange one. Four years though, he's played. He played every game, didn't he? Four years. Starting tackle. Starting tackle. Three years at right, one yeah, year at so, left. Yeah, exactly. So I like this line as well. I've highlighted these. Cat, you've seen these. Bonafide dirt dog with a chippy yeah. demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they get it from? But he's got the upper body power and hand strength to secure defenders. So seems to be pretty solid. And let's hope. For me, that's that's what I. That's what I hope for from our offensive line is that they're solid. Because if the whole unit's solid, we do fine. If, if as we've, again, previous years, we've not had a solid O-line and seen how bad that affects our team and our quarterback. So, yeah, little weakness there, though. He's got short arms for a tackle. <laughs> short arms. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. He's got short arms, but he's a bona fide dirt dog with a chippy <laughs> demeanor. So, come on, Colton. Get your, get your skates on. Yeah, he looks to be a solid pick. It's one of those positions, isn't it, that it's hard to find actual stats, like proper stats to delve in, because you could look at one stat and go, oh, he does that well, oh, he doesn't do that well. And so for me personally, it's quite hard to judge a tackle unless I watch him play. As soon as I see him up against defenders in the NFL... I mean, I'm sure he'll we'll get a know. shot because it'd be a different calibre. <laughs> yeah, then we'll know, um, <laughs> as, as we all knew with Staley. Well, I uh, expect good things out of him only because my favorite running back got traded to Miami for that pick. We did not have that pick at the start of the day. So, um, yeah. Matt, Cheetah, I am going to miss you. 
Uh, moving on. So the sixth round with pick number 190, we picked up another tight end, Charlie Werner from Georgia. What do you got on him, Nathaniel? I think he's he's quite a solid um, bl- blocking tight end. Um, I think that's that's certainly something that he he's ma- made for and everything. I think he's going to be um, very kind of similar in a sense to Kittle, but I don't know whether he's going to be. Um, you know, I think when you're talking kind of catch production and, and stuff like that. I'm I'm not 100% sure whether or not I'm really I, I didn't really find any it was he's more a a guy that you know you, you put him in a certain play um he'll he'll block and give a, a running back or 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 need it say a, a, you know Jimmy um time to time to uh, make you know kind of a, a play um quite a, quite a big guy 65 again um yeah 244 pounds um I don't know. Maybe Shanahan has something in mind, you know, in terms of trying to, you know, kind of get him to, you know, do some more stuff around trying to develop him further. But I think, I think this is just more of a, a just having that person, that that figure there to to sort of block and give more more time in in, in sort of pr- production of um, offense, really. Well, if he can catch the ball and drag three defenders down the field like Kittle, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's I, I don't think that's the type of player that this guy is going to be. He scored one touchdown his entire college career. Uh, but he did play for Georgia, um, who are a fairly big school. And there is, there is tape on him, uh, Nathaniel. It's just, it doesn't really show him doing a massive amount other than blocking. He's very much a blocking tight end. Rather than catching, receiving from what? Well, he scored one touchdown his entire college career in what thirty-four receptions, one touchdown. So, I'm not expecting him to go in and be the next George Kittle. But then again, who is expecting George Kittle to be as good as exactly. he was? Exactly. So, True. You never know. That's you why know. they play um, the game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we'll see. Like, like all these guys. <laughs> so to get Charlie, the Niners uh, traded Marquise Goodwin and pick number two ten to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for pick one ninety. Wish you much luck, Marquise, and congratulations on your baby. Yeah, it was amazing, oh, wasn't it? I saw that. So um, happy. I saw that news, and I think any football fan, regardless whether you're a Niner yeah. or not. We'll just rejoice in that. Also, little shout out to Marquise Goodwin for a little cameo in the Tiger King documentary, I noticed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> when him and his wife got married, they went to one of these places where you could have loads of photos taken. And there's a lovely picture of him and his wife and a massive tiger in this pool. And he pops up in the documentary and I'm like... That's Marquis oh, Goodwin. So, yeah, okay, that is the one show the last... I have not watched. Okay, there's a lot of shows I haven't watched, oh, but I refuse to watch yeah. it. So. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, we won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, good luck. I, I hope... I, that we're, no, I hope, we're talking I football. Know, Let's... <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. No, I, I was just, just going to say, it sounds bad, but I hope he does better than he did for us. I, I, you know that he's got that explosive speed. Um, I just I'd like to see him have a really good year, and it's going to be with another team now. That's so the unfortunate. Perhaps part. now his his personal life is more complete than hopefully his football uh, improves. I always like the Me guy. Too. I think he's Me too. A nice. And he's always come across well. So good luck, Goodwin. So moving on, our last pick of the draft was in round seven, overall number two seventeen. Jawan Jennings, wide receiver from Tennessee. 
Who wants to take Jawan? I think it's pronounced Jawan. I've looked into this guy a little bit more than the previous two picks we just spoke about, mainly because he's a wide receiver, and I really want us to get some sort of production out of wide receivers this coming year. But if they all want to share the catches and share the book again, I've got no issue with that because it took us to the Super Bowl. Everyone's looking for that number one receiver. You know, oh, we need a number one receiver. Not if everybody's doing the bit. But this guy apparently would have gone a lot higher <laughs> don't want to say it unfortunately but this guy would have gone a lot higher if it wasn't for a few personal issues um so there's the possibility there with i don't know with so there's certain rumors going around about this young man but he played for tennessee who again for my limited footballing knowledge is quite a large school a uh, large footballing team he scored 13 touchdowns last year no eight touchdowns last year sorry Bad reading of the stats. <laughs> he scored eight touchdowns last year, and and there is there is film on this guy. Um, just, just so late in the draft, and I couldn't work out why. And listening to other Forty Nine er podcasts, the, the Lock podcast, they said apparently it's to do with off field stuff. So let's hope that doesn't come back to bite us. But he's a late round pick that I'm sure if he does misbehave, wouldn't necessarily be missed or wouldn't be a massive loss of capital in terms of draft or money. So it's, it's a prove-me thing, isn't it, with this guy? So could be the next Antonio Brown because he was, again, throwing up my previous draft knowledge. He was drafted quite late, wasn't he? So you never know, but he's big and strong and he scored eight touchdowns in his last year at college at Tennessee, which is quite a footballing team, isn't it? So I kind of agree that, you know, he probably might have gone a bit earlier, but that... That's the first I've heard that, you know, he's had off field at the field issue, so that's a prove it deal really, isn't it? Um I like the look of mm-hmm. this guy. I do. I think he's um big, strong, um he's a presence on the football field. Um when I saw some of the the, the footage of him, he, he seems to be able to um run through traffic a little bit, which I, I guess in a sense is what we're looking for. Um apparently he's not running he doesn't run particularly well. Um, and he won't threaten vertically, but I, I think you know he's got a lot of I, I think that contact balance and determination to get through multiple you know sort of tacklers. That's that's the thing that you, you need. That's 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 a presence in a sense because you know I think wh- when you look at wh- what happened last last year, we 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 did you know obviously with the loss of Sanders, he was quite quite intricate very early you know sort of to the late part of. Um, 2019 to almost into the to, to the postseason in a sense. So I think you know, yes, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. I think it's a prove it deal with with this guy. Um, there's a lot of competition with regards to the wide receivers, which I think is really really it's going to be beneficial. Um, you've got you know obviously um, there's a lot of questions around whether or not Jalen Hurd will will be will be fit and will return. I think it was quite good to have um I saw an interview with um Lynch questioning, you know, about what's happening with, with her. Bit bit hard to know really. It's a bit difficult to sort of know what, what's happening with him. I think his production last year in terms of that Cowboys game really did prove that he, he could play football uh, and, you know, that's something that we really you know, we, we were probably needing, because um, he might have maybe potentially might have been a vet, you know, similar to being Sanders in that, that position. Um, but as I say, yeah, it is a prove it deal with this guy. And if he's got off the, you know, if he has got off the field issues, then hopefully, you know, <laughs> we'll have people that are be able to mentor him correctly. I think, you know, you've got, you know, when you've got sort of, um, 
uh, Uncle Sherman in, in in the mix and everything. I, I'm I'm actually looking forward, and I know I'm going off topic a little bit, but to um I, I did post a a thing because I don't know whether you, you saw it a few years ago, but um when when um Sherman was playing for Seattle. And Trent Williams was playing yeah. for uh, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see Sherm's tweet when yeah. the, when the I, trade yeah. happened? Sherm tweeted out, you know, he demands a rematch. Laugh out loud. You're gonna need a rematch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because you've got some, you know, you've got some characters on our team, and hopefully they can mold them and you know can mentor them well. I think our front office just won't put up with it. It's as simple as that. Mm. We've, we've seen already these two guys, if you're not playing the game, then you're not playing the game for our team. It's as simple as that. So it's a really late draft pick. Um, like you say, to prove it, Dill, if, if he doesn't prove it, he's gone. It's as simple as that. I don't think it'll be any loss, dramatic loss to our team. So it's more what he can add um, rather than what we'd potentially lose. So, yeah, I mean, it's like any of them. It's like any of the picks or any player that joins any football team. We've seen that, you know, these guys can be seemingly good professionals and then do something silly. Mm-hmm. You know, one that springs to mind, Ray Rice, um, was a really good footballer, <laughs> talented player, was productive, and then went and did what he did. So, you know, it's just about being a good human you can being. Look at, you can look fair. at our own team and Alden Smith. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, we've yeah. had our share of bad characters. And, you know, not that yeah. I think Alden Smith is a bad character. I just think he made some mistakes and went down a path that he was having trouble yeah. pulling himself off of. And, I, you know, I wish him nothing mm-hmm. but, but peace and love and happiness. And I hope that he's doing well. But, you know, he's not on my team. So I'm not really following him that much. Yeah. But he was a hell of a player. Let's also make sure we understand that caveat out there that not all of these guys are necessarily going to make it in the NFL. Their talent, I mean, mm-hmm. even, you know, our first two picks, you know, as talented as they showed they were in college, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to the NFL. We've seen it time and time again. Hopefully it will, because those first two picks I'm really excited about. Just to recap the draft as well, as again, really like the guy. Um, he's got a little bit of a story, as we all know, but Solomon Thomas mm-hmm. was a real high draft pick and hasn't really performed at that potential that he was taken for. So I was expecting him to possibly be draft, uh, to be traded and pick up a second or third. I, again, don't know if we'd have got that for him, but I was quite surprised he's still on the team. I was expecting Tom to get traded more than they would have traded mm-hmm. Breeder. Um, but I think he's landed in a good spot, Matt Breeder, with uh, the Dolphins, and I think he can do some things for them, which would be good for him. Again, another good guy yeah. from everything. I've, he's got another another one of our players with a good story. I'm sure they've all got good stories, but Breeder was you know, undrafted mm-hmm. and was explosive. and I think the... the the ball security inevitably was the reason they well, I, allowed him I to I think go. when he came back late in the year from that injury earlier in the year, I think he wasn't yeah. quite the same. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, it's the, the fumbles. Depth. It's the depth we've got I'm as well. sure yeah. were sticking in, in Shanahan's mind. And, and that just kind of breaks my yeah. heart because I really like Brita. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be watching him. I hate yeah. the Dolphins, but I'll be keeping an eye on at least his stats. I know that we need to, you know, kind of end it on a, on a high and a, on a good story. It was, 
you know, it was a good business sort of decision in the, in the end. I, I obviously I didn't want to get rid of Breed. Breed. I really that that first play when I went over and watched him play that when we when when me and Claire watched the Browns over mm. in Levi. Eighty-two him, yards. Oh my god, amazing! I don't want to see a guy like that go. But in a sense, let's just remember that from my from my understanding, he was an undrafted free agent, wasn't he? And mm-hmm. we managed yeah. to yeah. we got we got a fifth round pick for him. From a business perspective, yeah, that is good brilliant. That's great. From a business by... perspective, it's all good. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, no, no, it's not great that we lose it, but you know, you're still getting no. <laughs> a guy that was undrafted and getting a fifth round pick. That's yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> well, that tells yeah. you how good he is. I just hope that that trade doesn't come back to bite us in the butt later on. Yeah. Now, speaking of undrafted free agents. The Niners immediately turned around and signed nine undrafted rookie free agents. Uh, and I have them here with a few stats. I don't know if you guys can see that. Uh, the first one, a cornerback, which I was surprised we didn't take a cornerback in the draft. Uh, Demarcus AC from Missouri. Our team is so deep in strength, which is so pleasing to say. So if any of these guys make our rosters down to their pure hard work and determination. So I wish them all the best of luck. But in terms of my knowledge of these guys, I'm going to leave the stats to you. <laughs> I didn't recognize any of them. Dude, I copied it from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and they still get some nice 49ers. You know, they'll get not helmets. They'll get a lot of stuff that many of <laughs> Well, I mean... The... Apart from Deepak. Deepak seems to get a hook. Well, he's team connected. Team well, I mean, yeah, you know, some of these guys could be potential practice squad members. Yeah, oh, that, okay, that's true. That is important. You know, yeah, right. that we do important. need that. So we picked we up cornerback Demarcus Acey from Missouri, uh, defensive lineman Darian Daniels from Nebraska, another wide receiver, Chris Fink from Notre Dame, uh, linebacker Jonas Griffiths from Indiana State, Tight end Chase Harrell from Arkansas, running back another running back, uh, to Michael Hasty from Baylor. Oh my gosh, Baylor. Okay, uh, a fullback Josh Hockett from Fresno State, another California boy. A safety Jared Maiden from Alabama, and quarterback Brock Rudder from North Central. A quarterback. I did read about. I did read about Rudder. Yeah, I mean, might we see or not see? CJ Beathard on the 49ers. That was that season. was the first thing I thought is CJ on the chopping block. Mm. I mean, to, again going back to previous drafts, but in hindsight, that again great guy, um, and he's like, another one of our players that's unfortunately got a, had a story surrounding terrible, uh, terrible mm-hmm. what happened within his family, but. In terms of his footballing production and where he was drafted, he was actually in that draft uh, projected to be an undrafted free agent, and we actually drafted him in the draft. So, yeah, um, could we see CJ not on our team? I don't know. Are they going to go with three quarterbacks? I don't know. Um, I think it would still be wise to go with three quarterbacks, to be honest. Um so let's see what I mean. Brock was going to play in the last preseason game, so we'll well at least we'll get, get to see him. If if of... okay, let's let's also caveat that uh, if there's a if there's a preseason, yeah. there are no OTAs going on right now. There are no mini camps yeah. planned. Who knows when training camp will be allowed to open? Um, yeah. As everyone knows, this COVID nineteen has got us all sheltering in place. 
Um, I know the state of California has, is looking at a long-term reopening solution. Um, my particular area just opened up neighborhood parks. So if you can walk or bike to a park, you can get there. But currently there are no large gatherings planned. I haven't heard any rumblings about the NFL running without spectators. Um, I'm, what I'm hearing over here, guys, is earliest we could see NFL football would be November. Yeah. It's, wow. it's not surprising, to be honest. I, I know that sounds harsh and everything, but I, yeah, I, my, my thinking was that we were probably going to be looking at a late, late, you know, sort of season and, you know, it, it going through to kind of April, possibly May, which isn't, isn't great, is it? That isn't great you know, at it all. Does, no, it puts everything out of perspective and alignment, and then you know we miss we miss our football as well, mm-hmm. um, which which pretty much does you know does that. But I, I guess this this is the thing. It's you know it's a worldwide pandemic at the moment. There's not much we yeah. can do about it, and it's just we've we've got to accept, unfortunately, that this is happening yeah. right this now. This is our I reality. Just, yeah, yeah. And, it'd be straight. It'd be straight into the bad weather as well. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, <laughs> normally the seasons the season starts, starts in, summer, in the hot. in sunshine. Yeah. Starts in the sunshine and then, you know, it'll just be straight to Green Bay and all that snow. Uh, (laughs) Well, and the other option they have is just doing a half a season. But then you're going to have some teams that will play some teams twice because, like Mm. the NFC West, we often end up seeing Seattle and the Rams towards the end of the season, twice towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have teams that'll have already done their divisional games. So how they're going to pull this off, if there is even a season? I mean, there are so many rumors and conjecture going around right now. It's we're really in wait and see mode. Like any sport in the world at the minute is the same, but I think ultimately, very much, we'd like our football, our soccer over here. For me, the overriding impact, or not the impact, the overriding thing, unfortunately will be purely down to the amount of money involved in these sports. Exactly. So I don't think we're going to see a scrap season because the CBS and you know, the ESPN, owners, all of them, all of them, the owners, <laughs> the NFL, exactly, will, <laughs> yeah. will not want to miss out on the money yeah. or a fraction of the money because if they do and they're paying these guys multi-million pound contracts and they don't play until next it could ruin, or not ruin, it could drastically hamper the sport for years and years to come. Um, because they're not going to pay a quarterback £30 million, pound, or $30 million, sorry, you know, to, to do nothing for a year. It, it, it's, it, I know it's, in the water, in the water perspective of things, it shouldn't matter. Certainly not, because human life is more important than anything. But... I think purely because of the money but, involved in yeah. the sport, especially. Unfortunately, we will see something. the culture we have, and it's, I hate mm-hmm. to say it, but it really is a worldwide culture. Money is the yep, bottom is. line. And if it, yeah, it's you know, your life is not worth the money that they want to pay, you know? So yeah. that breaks my heart. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm still going to be a, a football fan because I love the NFL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we did get a couple questions this morning from some people in our group, the Niner Empire, Great Britain. Uh, Jason Argo wants to know, why didn't we address the obvious need at corner in the draft? 
they weren't comfortable enough with the cornerbacks um, available. I think there was one taken in the first run who was the standout cornerback. Um, but other than that, I don't think... So again, limited knowledge. Was it a particularly cornerback? Friendly draft, I don't know. De- yeah, no. de- I think I heard it was constantly wide receiver yeah, depth. Yeah, it was wide receiver. Yeah, massive. wide receiver. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know if there was anyone they were particularly willing to give anything up for. Um, they've just bought which surprised me, or well, they're bringing back, it might change. They're bringing Verrett back, aren't they, on another year deal? Um, <laughs> well, and they did pick weird. up undrafted. They picked up DeMarcus Acey, who is a cornerback from Missouri. Mm. And I think he's he's certainly got some potential in terms of what I've seen in terms of the videos. Obviously, he's undrafted, so you never really know with these guys. And we yeah. get into that situation mm. where you you know you get from was it ninety nine down to a fifty three man squad. So <laughs> exactly, it, it, yeah, it's it's a hard <laughs> one to call, isn't it? You could go either way with it, but we we have put you know we have got drafted a, a cornerback. This guy seems to be you know he's quite quite good. He he seems to. Uh, almost have a, a radar as to where the, the ball is going and where, you know, he, he has a, you know, he's able to bl- tackle quite well with, with, with regards to it. not many interceptions. Um, had a, as a junior and the second team, um, a all SEC honours and SEC honours um, after starting 13 games and re- and he has recorded 30 tackles. So I think he's, you know, he's definitely a physical threat in terms of doing that. I, I think he looks quite good. And one player that I will pick out, I I liked um, the, the I did like the look of um, the safety that um, Jared Maiden. He he looks really good. So Martin Hughes wants some reassurance. Reassure me. Yes. I'm gutted at the players we've lost. Me too, Martin. I don't know a thing about college football, so I don't know what our drafts are like. Well, that's what this podcast is for. As best as we can. Hopefully. Listen to me who knows nothing about <laughs> I get the cap space issue. I kind of do too. Yeah. And we have to make sure there's enough to pay the likes of Kittle, Bosa, etc. when the time comes. But losing the likes of Matt Breda, D-Buck, and the Colonel really bothered me. They've been quality players for us. Okay, we only got Sanders in October, but he made an impact. Just feels like the clear out from a few years ago, and we all know what happened then. That said, I'm sure we're in a better place with Shani and John Lynch. Anyway, I'm off to get Cat the Duck. Look forward to listening. (laughs) (laughs) You know, unfortunately, we're always going to come up against this football is a business, and they need to you know, treat their business in the best way possible and do what's right for the company, as it were. We got to the Super Bowl last year, didn't mm-hmm. we? None of us, again, none of us expected it. So let's just trust them um, until they start. You know, until we end up back in the doldrums that we've in recent years been back in. Then I'm not going to criticise them, and I'm going to trust them. Um, not blindly. We will. We predict- will question some of their moves. You know, we're not. Yeah, we're as fans, we do naturally. But otherwise, yeah, we won't like, have a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Welcome to the Victor 49 show. Just see the 49ers website. Goodbye. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, that's boring. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, yeah. Uh, I think they know what they're doing. I, I am gutted to lose the players as Me well. Me too. I was, I was really gutted about Buckner. Really. But I'm not, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think about the cap space and the money required to continue winning a team i just see us losing one of our best defensive linemen and going oh no he's going but you know we 
Kit, we need to pay Kittle more than we've ever needed to pay a player mm-hmm. ever in we need to keep the time it. I followed this team. This is a thing. So, yeah. they've got to do what they've got to do. Martin, I think you just need to be reassured. We're in a much better position than what we were yeah. a few years ago um, where we had quite a dysfunctional uh, general manager. I'm not going to say anything about um, <laughs> it's a swear word. Don't He's say a swear it. word. No, you I'm, can't say I'm it. not going to say anything about the coach because I think there wasn't that wasn't the issue. I think it was yeah. a dysfunctional hierarchy, yeah. which you haven't got. You've got two football guys there that are very much on the same page that want to develop, and they really they're, they're passionate about trying to really produce a brilliant product and a brilliant football team at the end. So be reassured. You know, there's a lot to there's a lot that's going to happen and that's going to continue to happen with regards to this team. Nathaniel, I have to say, your statement rings so true for me. Is it time to re-sign Gore for a retirement contract? Yes, absolutely. But what's your thought, James? (laughs) Put a put a contract underneath of him, but just slide a little clause underneath and say, oh, by the way, Frank, you just signed up to be one of our running back coaches as well. Welcome back. I'd be down with um, that. And not in all honesty, I would let him, have a, I'd let him have a little break, but if coaching is at all in his mind, and I don't know whether it is, but if it is, there is only one team he could come and coach with, and that is us, and any running back would or should listen to what Frank Gore's got to say because that guy, I mean, first jersey I bought, um, and he's my favourite, other than probably Patrick Willis, but he's he's my favourite 49er of all time. Um, just absolute tank. Frank the Tank, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got to retire as a niner. He always was going to retire as a niner, and he will retire as a niner. But like I say, if this front office, which we think they have got something about them, and I'm sure John Lynch is an ex-footballing guy, might, would be having a little word with him say, look, just go and spend a little bit of time with your family, but if you're ready or you're interested at all in any aspects of coaching, you come see us because any, you know, anyone should listen to him, mm-hmm. <laughs> any football player, but running backs especially should listen to what Frank Gore's got to say. Yeah, I think if Frank is ready to retire, I think he needs to come back to San Francisco and sign that contract because he's got to yeah. go into the Hall of Fame. With, I mean, there's players that should be in there already that aren't, mm-hmm. but they only they can only pick so many each year, can't they? So, well, yeah, and there are four definitely. guys that I am very sad never got their Super Bowl ring, and the he is mm. one of them. And my four are Patrick yep. Willis, Navarro Bowman, yep. Frank Gore, and Joe Staley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. criminal that we couldn't get... any player. Those four deserved it in my mind. Yeah. Gore, obviously, but I think my player of all who deserved a ring, Joe St- he's just retired, and um, how heartbreaking oh. it was to not get him that ring, yeah. because he has been through it all. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been it, yeah, he's been through it all with his team, and he's stuck with us. He probably had the chance, or has had several chances to go to another team, and he probably could have won a ring with another team, but he chose not to, and he's just retired after 13 seasons with our team. I think that's a rarity yeah. in any sport nowadays, not just the NFL. It's a rarity in the other sport that I love so much, that a player stays with one team yeah. uh, and has so much affection for one team so he's the ultimate professional but yeah for me it would be Joe if I could get any player a ring it would have been Joe and it should have been not so long ago but you know gonna miss him one of them gonna miss him yeah but the Joe show 
I'm going to miss that. Show. I am actually going to miss that video. Those videos of him, the Joe, the Joe show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you want to bet they're going to keep ho- doing that? Come on. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, let's, let's hope he goes time. into media. <laughs> He's such a character. I mean, in. that would be perfect next career. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it'd be brilliant. Get him his own podcast. I mean, there's. There's ex-players um, who have done podcasts. Get him his own podcast. Get him on this one more. We'll have Joe on here. Hey, there you go. Come on, Joe. Join us. We have fun. Yeah. Well, we need to wrap it up. So I'm going to end this with yeah. uh, the final statement from Daryl Nels Hanman. More of, my th- of a my thoughts than a question, but here goes. That we absolutely nailed the draft. When we hired John and Kyle, they decided that they had a vision and a plan to win the summer and build a roster to do that. This draft, they have shown their cards as basically reads that they believe we have the best squad in the NFL. We retool and go again. We addressed Buckner and Manny's replacement. We got younger and cheaper. The Kittle contract is right around the corner and possibly the most important player to get signed. Oh, I 1 million percent agree. Yep. Then the news dropped that we had traded for Trent on day three, meaning before the news about Joe even dropped to the media we had replaced him with an absolute animal and with the offloading mm. Breda and Goodwin Joe retiring it's possible we could have fit him into the next year's cap and given Williams the contract he wants and get Kittle signed we are clearly in a Super Bowl window and I see nothing but this team this coaching staff coming back and picking up where we left off and even more so if it's a shortened season with Kyle's running game could easily see us running over teams exciting times mm. to be a 49er one million percent agree. Yeah, I'm what agreement. a statement! That is perfect, Al. That's perfect. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent in agreement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered everything. Mm. We're back. We're, we're back. back. I know we probably we'll be here intermittently, bringing more football talk as it comes. But that's it for us for today. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Handman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of James Little and Nathaniel James, I'm Kat Victorino. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you soon.